the outcome from this is going to be unbelievably valuable because there are so many families that are going to be listening to this and think, what in the world? Mm -hmm. There's so many people that don't do this because they get to this point where their kids are crossing their arms or they don't even want to come sit at the couch because they're so angry or they've never once in their life ever fostered this open dialogue in their family. Their children don't trust them because they've been reprimanded so many times. They've been stifled so many times. And you sit there and you watch your children's behaviors and attitudes adjust from typical attitudes of children into open dialogue where they feel safe and they know that they can open up. Systemize your life with Chelsea Joe. That's me. And this is a podcast for modern women who are eager to live with more meaning and less overwhelm. We're about to tap into some fiercely meaningful relationships, bang in organization and time management strategies, and a rock solid plan for our personal well being with functional systems to those problems we all go through. Girl, if you feel like you're watching life go by from a window on the Hot Mess Express, then it's time to roll up your sleeves. Dig in and get your life out of the chaos and into confidence. So I am going to introduce one of my very, very, very most special longtime ever best friends. Her name is Ruth Patterson, and she is the mama that has been gifted and blessed to be able to be my, my mama mentor. Um, obviously, I was raised by an incredible mother, uh, but as a young adult, I went out into the world and I started making friendships, and I found a friend that is about 13 years older than me-ish. I think we're nine years old. Nine? <laughs> you know. You know. At the nine, time, 13. At the time, it seemed like a long time. And uh, I did not have any kids, and I was not married, and uh, Ruth was married with four kiddos, and I'm going to let her introduce herself here in just a second, but today's podcast episode is specifically going to be talking about how you can start to think about and even implore in your own family this idea of a family meeting. So I learned about family meetings from the Patterson family many, many years ago, and Uh, Before I dive into what that looks like, Ruth, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and and what your family looks like? Well, like you said, my name is Ruth, and I am married, very happily married. Uh, Dave and I have been married for 25 years now, and we have four children. Oldest daughter is 28, and we have twin daughters that are 23, and our youngest is a boy, and he is 21, and is married himself. So he um, just got married last year, and yeah, we've been here in Arizona for about 15 years. I don't even know how it's possible that Jacqueline is almost 30 years old. I know. I think about that all the time. (laughs) She'll be 29 in September, and I think next year I'm going to be the mother of a 30-year-old. How does that happen? I don't know how that happens because I feel like I'm 30 
something. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's been, it's been so many years. Ruth and I have been friends for a really, really long time and I've got to see her kids grow up. So, um, I was hanging out in college and dating and having breakups and heartbreaks and all different kinds of things. And I would find myself on the Patterson family couch from time to time and I would (laughs) stop in for dinners and, uh, Ruth has always had an open door policy at her house where the neighborhood has been welcome to come over and eat and her kids' friends and her friends' friends' friends of friends are welcome to come over. And I, at one point, acquired a key to her house and I just really started sleeping and eating there quite frequently. And through that process, I saw how they raised their children and how they interacted with their kids. And it was unlike anything I had ever seen before. It was extremely communicative and respectful and loud very loud (laughs) loud as in lots of commotion but not because of yelling no definitely not you know just the way that you interacted with your girls in a way that still respected um old-fashioned modest values while allowing them to truly embrace the female body and just what it what it meant uh to be a family looked very, very different in your house. So the one thing that I have taken from that, that I want to talk about today in this podcast episode is family meetings. So when I say a family meeting, what I mean, and I've hinted at this in some other podcast episodes, so you guys may have a little bit of an idea, but it's basically a time and a space where you get together either formally or informally to sit down and have a intentional dialogue. So In my family, we're currently doing this. My kiddos are two and eight, almost three and eight, and we have our own kind of family meetings. But Ruth, how old are your kids now? Jacqueline is 28. Johanna and Christina, the twins, are 23, and Sean is 21. Okay, and are any of them living at home? I currently have one of the twins living at home, and she's in the process of looking for a place to move out. The other three have moved out. My youngest is married, got married last year in August, and he's been in the military uh, serving in the branch of the Army for the last several years, so he's been out of the house for a few years, my youngest. But um, yeah, three are out, one is in and on the way out. (laughs) (laughs) And they've all kind of come and gone over the years. Absolutely. They've moved out, they've moved in, some have gotten married, some have gotten divorced, some have come and gone. Like your family's really changed and some have had boyfriends, some have not. Uh, Like you mentioned, Sean is married now and you've really embraced the family dynamic with their partners, with their spouses, with their friends with their roommates, whatever that looks like, you've really been able to just embrace your family for for the children that you have and and the choices that they make and the decisions that they bring and how that affects your your immediate family with just you and your husband and your children. And that's kind of what I'm trying to do with my kids. And the reason for this podcast is to show all of you guys what the differences look like in a family meeting throughout all of the ages because Ruth you are still currently holding family meetings even though your kids are out of the house is that right yes we will from time to time get together for a specific family meeting if a topic comes up that we need to discuss and like I was saying my son Sean is in the army so he doesn't live in Arizona 
he's currently serving in Texas. And so with that dynamic, it adds a different bit. We can't all just sit down in the living room together. So with the beauty of technology, we get to have him on a video with him and his lovely wife, um, and they get to participate that way. And like you mentioned a moment ago, our family meetings are not always formal. Sometimes they're very informal, not even with a specific idea or topic in mind. It's just sitting down at the dinner table and we all come together and enjoy a meal together. And then as you start to converse over, you know, dinner and your day and how it's going, you start leaning toward a topic or a concern that one person might have. And it really helps to just bounce ideas off of each other and it kind of turns into a family meeting um, unintentionally and it's really helpful yeah and you guys still call your family back to the dinner table even now when they're not all living in the house right yes yes for something informal but to still hold that culture of um, that that space for the culture that your family has had all of these years of gathering around the dinner table there's nothing like it there there really isn't sitting around the dinner table it turns into a laugh fest that is just unbelievable and I think one of the things that Jax when she moved out after high school she moved out and moved out of state and one of the things that she called home about and missed was family dinner time and the laughter around the dinner table Um, Sometimes laughter isn't always the thing that's happening at the dinner table. Sometimes it's tears um, and a little bit more of a serious conversation, but it's always wonderful when we get together. There's just something about sitting down at a table together and enjoying a meal that really brings you together. Yeah, and I... We're gonna we're gonna jump in real soon here and talk about like an actual family meeting and how Mm -hmm. yours got started and what they what they involve and, and all that kind of stuff. But before we jump into that, I do want to say that I will never forget the first time we or I ate dinner, the first several times I <laughs> ate dinner at your house and how unbelievably bizarre it was to me because there was so much laughter and I didn't understand why everyone was having so much fun at the dinner table. I was like, is this what, wow, this is very interesting. And it's, just to give you guys a little bit of, of a visual, you know, her kids were much younger, so maybe a lot like what you guys have at home now, where they range from early middle school all the way through through mid-high school at that point. Mm-hmm. Four kids and a husband and a wife and a lonely, single, new friend at the table. And you could just tell that their family had, um, that they'd been doing this a while. Their kids understood what it was and it was just ingrained in what they did. It was part of part of how they communicated and how they opened up and how they connected and how they shared. And it was such a beautiful process. And it really carried them through from one dinner to the next dinner to the next dinner. And then whenever the kids got older and they got busier that time in between everyone being at the dinner table might have been a bit longer, but because of how connected that time and space is around the dinner table, it really carried that bond through their family. And now from an outsider looking in, seeing all your kids grow up and move out, you guys are all still incredibly connected. And I think that that has a lot to do with the work that you and Dave have done to make sure that you open up dialogue intentionally with your kids. And sometimes that dialogue is so meaningful and so serious and has such an intentional point to it that you call a very traditional family meeting. 
And so I want to talk about where, how did this even begin in your family? When did you come up with, hey, let's all sit down and have a family meeting? You know, I don't know that I can recall any particular one moment that it all just started. Um, Definitely, like I said before, it started at the family table. However, coming together um, to talk about what's happening in our lives, I think one of the big times is when we made the decision to leave California and move to Arizona. Like I said, my kids were 14, 8, 8, and 6 at the time. And so we sat down and we talked about, hey, we're going to be moving out of state and you're going to be leaving everything that you've known and we're going to go to this new place and you're going to have new school to attend and a new house to live in. And we tried really hard to sit down and explain what that was going to look like and um, what it might feel like to be in a different room or a different place. And we would sit down and talk about what was happening in our lives at that time and sometimes just even you know as everybody goes through you have financial struggles and the kids are getting older and they're wanting the newer neater thing the newer gadget if you will or clothes being having the first three being girls clothes was a big deal so we would sit down with them and not necessarily open up our checkbook, but we would talk real with them about what it meant to pay the bills. Having a mortgage and paying for the water and the trash and making sure we had enough money for food and showing them kind of what that looked like really, I believe, helped when it came to time to say, hey, I'm sorry, we can't buy those pair of shoes this week Mm -hmm. that they really wanted that everyone at school had. What are some of the biggest things that you would suggest families sit down and and take the time to call a family meeting for? I mean, obviously talking about finances is one that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. What about like relationships or... Relationships, finance, big life changes such as a move, um, a new job in the family if you know someone gets laid off or a a career change decision is happening in your family the death of a of a of a family member or the failing health of an older family member perhaps uh, are big ones to be able to sit down and come together and talk about so what do these meetings look like like just talk to us about when your kids were at home Mm -hmm. what what did you and dave do did you book a time or did you just say like there now, was some now feels right like yeah. let's do it now <laughs> sometimes if we knew that you know Jax is going to cheer and the twins were in softball at that time and Sean was doing stuff with guitar lessons and blah 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 trying to juggle everyone's schedule we would have to actually sit down and make a time to hey everybody on Friday at five o'clock we're going to get together and, and have a family discussion and sometimes everyone just happened to be home and Dave and I were talking and said, you know, this would be better if instead of just us discussing it, that we brought the kids in and got their opinion on some of these things. So we would say, hey, everybody, let's come into the living room. We're going to do a quick family meeting. And so everyone would come into the living room. And I think an important thing to point out with family meetings is even though it's formal and it's you have a topic in mind that you want to talk about, making sure that everyone has a chance to express their opinion and we give everybody a voice. So it's not just sitting down at in the living room on the couch and talking to your children or at your children. It was always a discussion. Life and family meetings were 
always a discussion. So we would introduce the topic that we wanted to talk about and let them know what our thoughts were and some of our concerns and why we were asking for them to come into the living room and, and talk to us and ask their opinion because their opinion mattered even when they were six or seven. What do you think or how do you feel about this situation and make sure that everyone had an opportunity to speak openly and freely without judgment and have a turn to speak and be uninterrupted, which we felt was very important. So how did you handle the kid in the room that didn't want to talk ever, that just didn't want to say anything? Did you have any kids like that? I think they all went through stages like that. They just would not want to really participate or talk at that time. But I would like to have them be involved, of course. So instead of, I would be a little more mindful to ask questions that required an actual sentence and not a yes or a no. You know, how do you feel about this? And I'm fine. Well, what is your opinion? Can you tell me a little bit about your thoughts on the subject? Something to really draw out a sentence or two rather than just a yes or a no or I don't care, whatever. Did any of your family meetings, well, I'm sure they did. We all know the answer to, to yes. They probably were emotional at times. Absolutely. But how, how did you handle, let's think of a specific family meeting where there was siblings that weren't happy with what another sibling was doing or uh, was hurt by another sibling or was frustrated by them where it's not just you guys calling a meeting because you have something as mom and dad that wants to talk that want that you guys want to talk to them about but more so there's a whole family dynamic right now that where something's off and you guys care to um help bring them. it to light <laughs> yeah not only bring it to light but help them learn that this is an issue and you want your family to, to stay connected and close and that that is what the family meeting is for and how do you handle when there's not just like a little tiff but like some major issues between siblings because as they grow that happens mm -hmm. and sometimes even in high school with boyfriends or whatever that looks like because you had three girls you know <laughs> from time to time um things get really emotional not just on your end but on theirs so how do you how do how would you handle that Anytime they would get together and are emotional, to answer that part of your question, I would say we liked to encourage them to feel it, let them be emotional. And everyone just sat there and was quiet while one of them cried for a few minutes and let them feel those emotions and, and get them out because they're real and they're valid. Whether the other person feels that they're being silly or whatever, we just tried to let them feel those feelings let them cry and sometimes cry with them and wait for them to be able to find their voice again and some and to answer another part of your question with how did we we would see them not getting along or arguing a little bit more than they normally had and so sometimes we would call them together and say hey what's been what's happening with you guys right now why are you upset with each other let's talk about it and we'd give them each a turn to say what was bothering them about the other person. And so-and-so took my shirt, you know, and didn't ask me permission and I just got it. Or, I mean, that sounds so trivial, but it's a thing, you know. And, um, and give them a chance to apologize. Give them a chance to say, oh, I didn't know that you felt so strongly that way about it. 
you've had some family meetings that have been so emotional either because you're sad or because someone's angry or because someone's frustrated where you just felt like it was necessary to take a break and everybody needed like a five minute water break absolutely okay everyone stop let's go grab a drink take a deep breath someone walk outside for a second i'm gonna go use the restroom come back in here in a few minutes so that we can talk about it again and just catch our breath um even if it's just a, a sad emotional like time and just you can't think sometimes you can't think of what to say or you can't think of how to express your feelings or your emotions and taking that few minutes to just take a breather and come back to it is very beneficial so there has to be a major motivation and belief in your mind that the outcome from this is going to be unbelievably valuable because there are so many families that are going to be listening to this and think what in the world Mm -hmm. there's so many people that don't do this because they get to this point where their kids are crossing their arms or they don't even want to come sit at the couch because they're so angry or they've never once in their life ever fostered this open dialogue in their family. Their children don't trust them because they've been reprimanded so many times. They've been stifled so many times. And you sit there and you watch your children's behaviors and attitudes adjust from typical attitudes of children into open dialogue where they feel safe and they know that they can open up. What is it that you believe so much in your mind when you're sitting there going through that struggle that allows you to keep the family meeting going and not giving up in the middle of it? I just believe so strongly in communication. Communication is huge in our family and always has been. And I believe that when you talk with your children, even when they're little, and you let them speak what they're feeling back to you and you listen, you genuinely listen to what they have to say. And sometimes they don't know how to say it. So you have to help them with those words and help them with giving a word to the emotion that they're feeling. You can see that they're angry, but they don't necessarily say, I'm angry right now. To be able to say, I can see that you're angry. I can see that you're hurting. And that must be really hard and I'm sorry you're feeling that way, and I want you to be able to work through it. Um, And it's not always that structured, but sometimes it is. Sometimes it really, when they were little, really was trying to give them words to describe how they were feeling so that the next time they felt those feelings, they could say, I'm angry right now. And, you know, I could respond with, well, you're allowed to be angry, but sometimes your behavior still needs to be controlled. You still need to control your actions, even though you're feeling this anger, you are allowed to be angry. And that's a totally normal thing to feel, or you're allowed to be upset or frustrated and to give them permission to feel those feelings during a meeting, I believe is really beneficial and, and really helps with the outcome just right off the top of your head what is the most recent family meeting that you guys have had what was it about and just quickly how did it how did it go what was the outcome Uh, the most recent family meeting I would have to say was a couple of months ago when our um, our beloved family dog Kona uh, was not doing so well and Dave and I had to take her to the vet and we found out that 
she has, uh, at that time she had pancreatic, um, pancreatitis and kidney disease and um, some really bad health issues, but she was still doing okay. And so with some treatments and all of that, we could, you know, have her with us for a long, for a while longer. But when we found out that news at the vet's office, we called everyone together. Uh, all three girls came here to the house and um, sat down and we got Sean and his beautiful wife, Valentina, on the phone, on video. And so we had a family meeting. We called it together and talked about her health and what was happening with her um you know as she is a big part of our family she was um yeah just amazing part of our family and we felt dave and i felt that it was very important to get their opinion on the treatment that we would provide for her going forward and so we all sat down and discussed the options that the veterinarian gave us and um discussed the financial aspects of what that looks like and I am so blessed to have our children understand the struggles and we're heartbroken and I think several of them at the same time when we're talking about the financial part of it said well we can all pitch in to help with whatever needs to be done to help take care of her which just really brought a lot of joy to my heart but um, we just discussed a lot about what we were going to do and the treatments that we were going to take with her. And then also we talked about the very difficult decision of when is it gonna be the right time to say our goodbyes to her, uh, which just happened a couple weeks ago. So it's pretty emotional, but. Um, so you guys decided that. As a family. As a family. Yeah. And you know, this is this is you and Dave, this is your money, this is a dog you bought. And it was it was a joy for all of your kids, but. You didn't just decide that you were going to make a decision that's going to impact you guys because it's your money and your time and your energy and you're the one that's feeding her special food and doing all the things with her and giving you, her IVs and <laughs> you know like you didn't you thought so much of your children and their input and their opinions and their feelings on this topic that you decided to open up the table to help make a decision that really inevitably in most families would have just been up to the husband and wife. Right. And just, we took her to the vet and she wasn't doing well. We need to put her down and come home. And I'm sorry, you know, our, our beloved puppy had to, you know, go to heaven today. Um, we didn't feel that that was the right way to go about it. We've, they, Kona has been such a big part of our family that we needed to get their opinion because we felt that their opinion mattered and be able to give them an opportunity to, um, come over and love on her and we made the decisions to make a couple of family camping trips to take her up with us and and say our goodbyes before she was gone so that we could spend a little extra time with her these are all decisions yeah. that maybe wouldn't have come about if you hadn't have asked them if their right. ideas weren't involved and right. uh, this is something that you've taken the time to do on tons of different subjects throughout their entire life Right. Absolutely. Yeah. What do you think or what would you say has been the biggest benefit to having held family meetings regularly over the course of raising your children now that that they're in air quotes raised? Right. <laughs> yeah, I think you're never done, right? But um I 
one of the biggest benefits I would say is I believe that my children feel comfortable coming to both Dave and I, whether that be the two of us together for asking for advice or one of us individually because they know which parent would probably be able to relate more to the situation that they're in Um, because we've been open, really open with our kids about our struggles as well and letting them see that we don't agree all the time and letting us, letting them see that we can talk about it and we can compromise and we can come to a solution together. So I believe that they trust that, it builds a trust, it really does. It builds a confidence that they can come to us and talk to us about a really hard thing. Um, Hey, I'm dating this new guy and he seems pretty cool, but here are some of my concerns. Some of the things I can see, potentially see, could be concerns, how do you feel about it? And they really bounce ideas off that could be life-changing decisions for them. And uh, I think it's beneficial that way. And I think one thing that really fostered that was when they were little and they came to us with a, oh, mom, I, I broke one of your dishes when I was trying to unload the dishwasher instead of just throwing it away and trying to quote unquote sweep it under the rug. I would listen to what they had to say, whether it was a broken dish or a, I had a fight with my friend on the playground today or so-and-so was mean to me today, to be able to really listen to them and understand that it must be hard for them to go through that at that time and how scary that must be to come and tell me that you broke one of my dishes that I really like. But to then turn around and say, you know, I'm really sad that that dish is broke because I really liked it but it's just a dish and I like you a lot more than I liked that dish. Mm -hmm. And thank you for coming and talking to me about it and being honest because that's always a benefit. And um, so something as simple as breaking a dish may not have a, like a disciplinary consequence, but they're still afraid to maybe tell you that they've done something, they've destroyed something that you liked. Being able to talk to them in that situation on a very simple thing when they're younger, helps build confidence to be able to come to me when it's a little bit more challenging. Hey, this boy likes me and I like this boy at school and, you know, can he come over for dinner? Or um, even getting to be into like older teenage years or even young, young adult time where they're adults and able to go out and be with their friends they're able to come to me in an emergency situation and know that I can listen and be there for them. Yeah, I think, you know, we had talked earlier and one of the the most incredible examples that so many moms are going through with their teens, with their kids in college right now is, you know, we're trying to raise children that make good decisions, but they don't always. They don't always. <laughs> and it's like you had mentioned when we were talking before we started recording this episode, it's that they don't always know that they're not good decisions. But from the outside, and, and I think that you would agree that because you've opened your minds and your hearts to open communication, to respecting your kids for the beliefs that they have, for the ideas that they have, even if they seem silly to you, or even if they're wrong, or even if they're not... Um, for the biblical families that are listening, even if those decisions aren't biblical, like you still listened to your kids. And Mm -hmm. so when your kids are in college and they're out at a party with their friends and all of their friends go to a party and they're 
they don't have a vehicle and their friends want to drive home and their friends are drunk and they call you. They know that they can call you and you're not going to berate them or belittle them right. or jump down their throats. They understand that you're going to be very open with them and there's a trust there that they can tell you anything that they're going through. Just looking at that now and seeing how your kids still do that and I'm I'm friends with your children because I'm not because I'm nine years eight nine years younger than you, um, and and your your girls have been nannies for me and my kids and um, you know I've built a relationship with all three of your daughters, and a little bit with your son too. But um, you know I really get to see how the impact of your marriage and your choices to have these family meetings, to really have open communication with your kids their entire life has impacted them as adults. I see the way that they talk about you when you're not around. And I Mm. see the way that just the way that they are going to build their own families because of it. And it's just, uh, it's a beautiful thing. And I think that your children are very blessed to have had that example and so am I because now my children get to benefit from it you know thank you for those of you that have little kids out there I really just have decided that this is too the way that I'm going to raise my kids and we're going to sit down and we're going to talk and we're going to listen and no matter what they tell us it's not going to be wrong you know it's going to be their feelings and Frankie at eight years old already knows that she can come and talk to me about anything and I guess my last question for you would be when you don't do it well, when, when you make mistakes like I do and you get emotional. Mm, like I do. <laughs> when, you're, when you're in a family meeting and you say something that's hurtful because your emotions are high, um, I get triggered a lot from the experiences that I had uh, with, with Frankie's dad. And we have family meetings sometimes that involve that dynamic. And, and I don't always get it right. And sometimes it makes me afraid to have another family meeting and learning to trust myself and learning... Um, how to be that example and did you go through that or have you always been really good at just like being calm and communicating well uh of course I've floundered uh a min- many times I I say something that's inadvertently hurtful uh, I say something that's what I'm feeling and trying to get that out to express it and it then turns into hurting someone else's feelings or putting them down for a decision that they've made, but they've been able to come to me and say, hey, that, that really hurt my feelings. Actually, I've had one of my children recently send me a text message and say, hey, mom, I'd like to get together with you face-to-face because it really hurt my feelings when you said whatever it was. And I was awestruck because, honestly, I didn't even remember saying what they said I said. However... I, it gave me an opportunity to take responsibility and accountability for that, that statement and make amends for it because I, it was absolutely intention, unintentional. And, but it felt good in a weird feeling not good way, being called out, I guess you could say. Um, having your, your mistakes shown to you didn't feel good but it, it was a proud moment to know that they were able, they felt comfortable enough to come to me and tell me that it hurt their feelings. And um, so I appreciate that. And I can appreciate how hard it must be for them to come and tell me that I've hurt their feelings. Yeah, I think it's a, a direct reflection of the work you've done your entire life. I mean, that is literally them replicating exactly what you've done 
with them their entire life. Hey, look, you made this decision and these are the positive and negative consequences from your decision. And these are some other options that you can choose. And just being able to show by example, what that looks like is you're literally watching it unfold in your children now coming back at you, whether or not they use that to tell you about the decisions that you've made or when they get into relationships and they tell their partners or they tell their bosses or they tell their friends, you've really given them an opportunity to know that their voice matters. And, um, I think you've raised some incredibly wonderful, wonderful children. Thank you. I, just so all of you know, the bar has been set by how to raise four incredibly good children. Um, I often think, how in the world did she get four kids to turn out like this? Because that is just not normal. <laughs> you know, I think that what we all need to remember is that these family meetings and this kind of communication that you have with your kids... Obviously, this entire podcast is all about productivity and getting our lives together. But one of the things that I've promised to bring to you is being able to have your relationships in your life very deep and meaningful. And this is something that I'm just, I'm, I'm starting to systemize family meetings. It's becoming a normal thing. It's becoming the way that we connect with each other. It's becoming the way that we learn about one another, how we support each other, how we respect each other. And I'm just really grateful that you came and, and shared what it's been like through the years with your family and why you've held family meetings and how you've done it and what it's looked like and what it's been about. Because your family is a beautiful example it's to learn from and um thank you for being here thank, thank you, you for, for having me thank it's you for being really on nice. the podcast <laughs> absolutely it's been wonderful hey before you go if today's episode was meaningful to you i know it will be for others so please head over to itunes subscribe then leave a review so more women can join our community too and did you know that you can have an incredible impact on the women in your life That's right. All you have to do is share what you learned today. Take a screenshot of this very podcast, tag me, and post it in your stories. What do you say we make a mighty breadcrumb trail for all the other women around us so we can make a change to the culture of how we care for each other and ourselves? I'll look forward to connecting with you over on Instagram. Until next time on Systemize Your Life with Chelsea Joe.